welcome to livealittlehigher.com. As I'm um, recording this class tonight, it's uh, the Yutet Kislev. It's the anniversary of the Alter Rebbe Shnur Salman of Liadi coming out of prison in 17. 98, he was for 53 days imprisoned in a Tsarist Russia because of the dissemination of his Torah. And he understood that that imprisonment really was that he was being judged in heaven. There was a big balagan uh, <clears throat> up there where they were discussing if it was the right time for his knowledge, his uh, understanding of the most uh, uh, mystical parts of the Torah, if it was uh, the time, the right time for the world to be able to receive this knowledge. And he came out on this night, 19th of Kislev, the 19th and the 20th of Kislev are, uh, it's like, a, it's the Rosh Hashanah of Chabad, it's a Yom Tov, it's a very big holiday, and thanks to that, uh, today we can learn all these teachings of Hasidut, the Tanya and the Mimers of the Rebbes and the, all, everything I give you comes from them. And uh, specifically tonight, I decide to teach uh, Parashah Vayeshev from a Mimer that the Rebbe gave in Torah's Or. And uh, in honor of him and in gratitude to him and to gratitude to Hashem, that we're able to know these uh, mysteries of life which help us live a better lives, which allow us to connect to Hashem with more love and more awe and more passion and allow us to be better Jews. So Parashah Yeshev begins uh, with, uh, <clears throat> with, um, with, uh, with the first line where it says that Yaakov dwelled in the land of his father, the land of Canaan. And so these mimers, these states, these verse states, why is it, um, is it mentioned twice, the land of his fathers and the land of Canaan? And also the other question that this mimer um, touches on is why in the Torah, the land of Israel, Eretz Israel is not named Eretz Israel, it's always named as Eretz Canaan. And what is the meaning of this? So. So we see that, um, that the, the word land, atzos, it's said in plural, and this is because there are two vessels upon which the level of, of life of which the godly vit vitality resides. And to understand this, what, we, what these two vessels are, so we must first understand why the land of Israel is called in the Torah, the land of Canaan, Eretz Canaan. It is very puzzling because the word Canaan actually is, comes from the name of one of Ham's sons, who was one of the sons of Noah. He was one of his grandchildren, Canaan. And it doesn't have a positive connotation. We know that Ham was the son that ridiculed the father when he, when he got drunk and uh, he didn't have, um, he didn't honor his father, he, he made fun of him, and because of that he was cursed, and his whole uh, generations that came after him are cursed people. So it's interesting to note why would this uh, holy land, 
would be named after the Canaanites. The Canaanites. So to understand us, we have to understand that all the levels of Klippa in the Torah have a counterpart in Kedusha. So in, um, in, the, in the terms of the Tanya or Hasidut, there's this terminology of Klippa and Kedusha. Klippa is something that comes packaged Hashem creates things that are Kedusha, which are holy things that are transparent to the Creator, that we don't have no question that they're holy, like a Mesusa or a Sefer Torah, or things that are used for, for holy purposes, which are not used for anything else. But then he has another creation which he creates that comes from his back, are things that he doesn't want to create, he doesn't want them, it's not Kedusha, he doesn't want to create them, but he has to create them in order for every person to have free choice. And so this uh, klipa, what it means is that it's contained in a husk, just like a fruit has a peel. These things have a peel, like for example, food or money or clothes, your car, your house, all these things that are permissible, they have a peel and they come from the other side and they can be used either for holy purposes or they can be used for non-holy purposes. And so when you eat, for example, food which comes from the klipa, when it's kosher food and you do a braha, you do a blessing before you eat, you have the right intention when you're eating that it's to serve God, to have energy to be able to learn and to do mitzvot, then the klipa, the husk, the peel, comes out and the holiness of this thing, the sparks are able to ascend. So Esav and Laban also exist within the realm of Kedusha. Um, what it means is that everything in this world which looks like it's not good, really has a counterpart in the upper realms, which is, uh, which is holy. So the same way, this applies to the three children of Noah, which they represent the, the, the colors, three colors of the rainbow, white, red, and yellow, which are very high spiritual levels. However, with the descent of these lights from the level to level and from world to world through the Seder Hishtaldut, this created a ham of Klippa below in this world, which was the father of Canaan. So what it means is that everything that we have in this world really has a counterpart in the upper realms. In the upper realms, it is holy. There's nothing up there that is not holy. Everything is holiness. So, but when it comes down to the world, in the Seder Hishtaldut, which is the chain uh, uh, reaction of going down, it's a, it's a contractions to be able to come into this world, then these things which come from a very high source or people or neshama souls, when they come down, they manifest themselves as not holy, which is the same in the case of Canaan. So the Jewish soul descends to refine the sparks of Klippa. This is, this is one of the, the reasons why the, we come to this world. This is one of the purpose of us coming to this world. It also applies to the neshama of Israel. The general souls of Israel are likened to businessmen. So we see that there's a lot of anti-Semitism going on lately, and there's a lot of tropes which make fun of Jews. They're always perceived as uh, greedy, 
businessmen or bankers or lawyers and they're greedy and in reality uh, it's not so the greedy part is what's wrong there but in reality the Jew comes to this world to do business this is our purpose and but we have to understand what's the business we're doing in this world so they descend into the klipa of this world to do business with with klipa and remove kedusha from it through the descent of the Shahina into the klipa they refine and remove all sparks of godliness from it and this is the meaning of saying of the sages we were only exiled to Edom in order to add to us Geirim. The Geirim referred to here are the sparks of holiness found within the Klippa. So what it means is uh, that everything in this world has holiness in it. Everything has contained holiness. We have to really bring it out and release the holy sparks. So we were exiled for this purpose. We were thrown out of our holy land into the world because when Hashem created the world, he first tried to create a, a, a different world. The first world was a, a world of tohu, of chaos. And, um, and that's why we come here to do tikkun olam, which is to perfect the world. So when he created this world, this was something, this is a Kabbalistic concept, that there was a shattering of the vessels, and these vessels were shattered, and they came into this world. When they fell into the world, they were little pieces that were everywhere. So the Jewish people are everywhere. Like, it's funny because sometimes people ask me, oh, where are you from? I said, from Colombia. I said, oh, and there's Jewish people in Colombia? I said, yes there's Jewish people in Colombia too like wherever you go you'll find a Jew and the reason is because we're supposedly in this world to come to the place uh, the place that we come to and help elevate that place to bring the godly sparks out to bring them to release them from the klipa and help them go up to the kedusha so the same way that the general world is elevated through the descent of the Jewish souls and the Shahina below, similarly the soul of each and every Jew is elevated through its descent into this world. So not only do we come to elevate the world, it's not only our business to come and make this place a holier place, also the soul comes to elevate itself. So this is very interesting because what the Alter Rebbe is saying here is that before the soul came into the world, before that soul was taken out of Shamaim, of the godly spheres of godliness, and it was brought down into this world in which we're here and put inside of a body, uh, first, when he, it, the soul was up there, was up in the, in the world of souls, it had an attachment to God, it had a fiery love and passion for Hashem that was very much felt. But once the soul comes down to the world, he doesn't feel it anymore. You know, he's contained in this body, it's a material world, it's a physical existence, and suddenly this flame, this passion, this love for Hashem, the person has to work to, to be able to, to, to feel it again. It comes and it's, it's, it's actually in the heart, in the physical heart, the love and the awe of God, they're there. It's, uh, we just have to come and release them and, re and reveal them through learning Torah and the fulfillment of mitzvot. So he says that it's similar to a flame 
that burns and desires to leave its wick. Like if you if you look at a, at a candle, and it's interesting we're in the month of Kislev, the month of lights, of candles, of Hanukkah. If you, when you sit down in Hanukkah next Sunday night and you start, you have to sit half an hour and watch the menorah, watch the lights, you, you contemplate on the, on the candle, contemplate on how the oil uh, ignites the, 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 the la mecha, the, 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 the wick, and the wick create, well, the combination of those, the, the, the oil fuels the wick, the wick brings the fire. And you'll see that the fire, the flame, is always trying to go upward. It's, it doesn't matter if you turn the candle upside down, the wick, the, the flame is always going to try to go up. And you're going to see how this candle flickers and how the flame is trying to jump out of the wick. So every Jewish soul used to contain a revealed natural love and fear. And when the soul descends <clears throat> below into the physical body, this love and fear became concealed and hidden within the physical heart. So the soul is now unable to reach the level of love and fear that he used to, to feel when he was in heaven. The thing is that in heaven you cannot create or you cannot uh, generate more love and fear of God or passion for Hashem because wherever that soul is rooted, that's where it is. He cannot grow in, in heaven. This is the world of growth, of opportunity. Whatever, whatever a person comes to achieve in this world, that's where he's going to be when he comes to the upper realm. So that soul, when he, this soul is in heaven, he's not in this world, uh, the, the love and the passion for Hashem cannot grow. It, it is what it is. Wherever he is, that's what it is. It's only when a soul descends into this world that through the opportunities of life, he can come to uh, grow in that love and that passion and that awe of Hashem. It's only here. Because over there, you're like, you're like, like a flame in fire. Like, how can you feel if you're already in the, in the fire, you're in the zone. But when you're taken out of it and you experience life, when you connect yourself to Hashem, this, this fiery love and passion can grow even more. So this is a great thought for the soul and it remains to be understood what the soul has to gain by traveling below. The explanation is that through the soul's descent below, it now has the ability to reach a state of spirit that totally gives itself up for the sake of God and surpasses even the love and fear that is experienced above. Because the love and fear that the soul experienced in heaven was commensurate to the ability of understanding and comprehension that that soul had when he got to heaven. So the soul was unable to reach a state of self-effacement and utter nullification before God. And since it did not desire God to point of expiry of the soul, however, in this world below, where the soul experiences concealment of godliness, it is here, which is the, it's a paradox. It is here where you are, where you gain thirst for Hashem, where you yearn for Hashem, because it's in this darkness that we experience the, the, the need to be connected to God. But when you're in the zone, you don't have that need because everything's godliness. So you're not taken out of there to experience that, that you miss it. So however, in this world below, where the soul experiences concealment of godliness, 
the opposite is the case. It is able to experience such a passionate desire and longing for God that it desires to be completely nullified before. So we see here that, um, that it is in this world when a person decides to become a Balshuva, for example, he wants to return, he does Teshuvah, he returns to Hashem. He's not doing what he desires, he's not doing what he feels, he's doing what Hashem wants from him. So when a Jew, you know, a Jew has to eat kosher, why? Because Hashem wants me to eat kosher. So when a Jew says, no, I'm, I cannot eat that, that's not kosher, it smells delicious, it doesn't mean I'm not hungry and I wouldn't like to eat it, but what it means is, you know what, Hashem doesn't want me to eat that, then at that moment you're being able to nullify yourself you're nullifying yourself and you are becoming bitul, you're becoming like nothing because you are really doing what Hashem wants from you. And this is what we're able to achieve in this world. So we see that the world, the, the Canaan, this idea of the Canaan, the, the land of Canaan, eh, of Eretz Israel, <clears throat> being, uh, not being called Eretz Israel, but being called Eretz Canaan, which Canaan means um, the business, uh, this is what it is. In the Holy Land, we, we do business. This is what a Jew does. He goes and he takes all the material world and he transforms it to, to godliness. This is the business of a Jew. This is what a Jew should be doing. He should be working for God. If every little thing he does in his life, his business has to be to be transformed into Kedusha, into holiness. So you have a business where, where you're making money. And so in this business, you treat well your employees, you pay them on time, you're honest worker, you, you, you charge correctly, you don't overcharge people, you make the right, you charge in the right way, everything because this is what Hashem desires for, from you. There's a lot, uh, there, the Shulchan Aruch is full, full, full of laws of business, of how a Jew should conduct himself in business. So not only in business, but in every area of his life, with his family, with his friends, with Hashem, with uh, himself, in every area of our lives we're doing business. So until Mashiach comes, Eretz Hanan is a place of business, it's a place of transformation, of making the mundane holy, and uh, once Mashiach comes, then it's going to be Eretz Israel. But for now, we, we're here to bring the light. So I wish you a blessed week, and, uh, and I wish you a good Yom Tov, a good Hasidish Yom Tov. It's a very auspicious time for good news, and remember, live a little higher. Thank you.